You mean I can't take off my sweater? It's hot! everyone to episode 6 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Myrick, Talos on the Boards. With me today is a special guest, Kyle Miller, also known yeah. as Kyle E. Miller on the Boards. That's him, and I'm the other host guy, I'm Derek Heemsberg and Embryon on the Boards. And we've got a fun episode for you guys today. I just totally jacked control from Stephen, and uh, yeah, you guys are going to enjoy this topic. I think it's one that is very apropos to the season. And we've got a lot of fun picks that remind us of our forlorn or bygone days, not forlorn days. Well, they might be forlorn. Uh, they could be. I, I think my brain just is went, it went boop. So uh, it's going to be a fun one. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about our recent album. So, Stephen, would you like to hit us with that first one? Absolutely. So the first one is actually a really solid. Well, I think it's really solid. And so did Mike, the guy who reviewed it. Uh, it's Chrono Trigger, The Last Day of the World Orchestra. And that's by the Blake Robinson Synthetic Orchestra, which... If you've been kind of following the game music scene lately, uh, the Blake Robinson Synthetic Orchestra is a guy who takes all kinds of classic VGM, and I think he's even done some um, movie uh, movie score stuff. I think uh, he did something by Joe Hisaishi. Um, but anyways, he takes it, and he does, as the name implies, synthetically orchestrates it. And they always sound really great. And while I don't think they quite have the full sound of a real orchestra, I don't think that's the point. It still sounds great. And so the one we're playing, obviously, is Last Day of the World. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Chrono Trigger, the Last Day of the World Orchestra.
So, I actually, I kind of want to take back what I said. I kind of, in passing, said that sometimes it doesn't fully sound, I guess, authentic. But I think Kyle mentioned, other than the strings, I think that actually really does sound very authentic in terms of instrumentation. I'm not an expert, but, uh, like, those the piano notes at the beginning, you can almost hear, like, the physical sound of the key being hit. And, I I mean, that was something yeah. I noticed that I really liked. Yeah, it was really good. I was pleasantly surprised. But yeah, the strings, I think the strings are the toughest instrument to get to sound actually um real but yeah because the the, you have to have the the human element there you know mm-hmm. somebody really really delicately controlling the strings but but they're not they're not like too cheesy on this one a lot of times the, you bring in strings and it's like oh there's the cheesy synth 80s kind of sound but it gets <laughs> it stays away from that yeah i think so too i i think in a lot of this guy's work you get that kind of vibe which we didn't really mention but the arrangement is really good too because i love that track but it's it's pretty uh it's pretty done to death, especially on OC Remix. I mean, most of them are good, or at least, you know, decent to good. Way back in the day, Zircon, Andrew Aversa, one of the big guys on OC Remix, he remixed this track with a guy named Tyler Heath, I think it was. And it was called When All Hope is Faded. And, like, the first half was sort of a, a somber cover of The Last Day of the World. And then it turned into this crazy trance thing that Zircon did, and it was really awesome. And this always reminds me of that. And I, it, I feel like I'm sitting there listening. All of a sudden, it's going to start, like, just... Thump in with the bass, but this track on its own, I think, is really great. Yeah, it was restrained. It's it's very meditative. Yeah, kind of like those melancholy tribute tracks by TPR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually gave me that vibe a lot. It's popular. It doesn't these days. really fit along with their theme, though, and I know it's not supposed to. It sounds very yeah. Christmassy yeah. to me. I think it does sound kind of yeah. Christmas. It's a different season. So I guess we'll have to play that one in December again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do a Christmas episode. Our uh, our second album that we're going to be talking about today is the Code of Princess soundtrack. We took a while to get this review up not because neil took a long time to write it he actually had it up promptly but various circumstances prevented us from getting it up on time mostly just because we wanted to have a decent translation of all the track names so the track that we've picked from that is meaning of tears and the composer is ace which is part of ace plus who you may know from uh, xenoblade chronicles so uh, kenji hiramatsu is their particular composer for this one Code of Princess was a 3DS game, came out last year. Pretty fun, pretty cool soundtrack. I think the soundtrack is better than the actual game, so you can be the judge of that when you listen to Meaning of Tears.
another song that doesn't really fit in with the theme that we're going for today. It's a little bit on the melancholy side, but Meaning of Tears is a pretty cool song. And I'm kind of surprised that this is the one that we chose to play because most of the Coda Princess soundtrack is upbeat. So that's one of the sadder songs in the soundtrack, but it's a pretty good one. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I picked it, because I actually really, really like that soundtrack. Ace Plus, when I reviewed Xenoblade and wrote a review that was way, 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 way too long, uh, way back in the day, the soundtrack, kind of my, the point that I wanted to make was that I was really shocked at how good the Ace Plus stuff was, because I had never heard of them before. I was expecting, you know, to be blown away by Shimamura, and her tracks were good, but in general, I actually thought the Ace Plus stuff was the best, and this album by itself isn't the whole of Ace Plus, it's just Kenji Hiramatsu, but it's, I don't know, that, that track... Maybe it's just I was listening to it. I haven't played the game. And I went, man, that song makes me feel something. Makes me feel the meaning of tears. (laughs) Well, that's probably more than I'd feel normally about that game. So anyways, our last track from recent albums today is from an album that I literally just posted not an hour ago. Uh, This is the Torchlight 2 soundtrack, which if you've ever followed action RPGs, it's by Matt Ullman, who did the soundtrack to Diablo 1 and 2, which, you know, that iconic Tristram theme. John Tucker reviewed it, and he sort of... We both have the same opinion on it, which is that the album is a little bit too samey to his earlier stuff. Like, it's it's well-produced, and it sounds good, but it sounds so similar to what I would imagine hearing in Diablo that it all kinds of blends together. And the track I picked... I do like the track I picked, but I picked it because I think it really showcases the kind of sameness of the album. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Camp Dawn from Torchlight 2.
Steven, I think you made a mistake. I think you're actually, you played Tristram from Diablo 2 instead yeah. of hey, something from Torchlight. You know, the progression of the of the notes is slightly different in Tristram. Okay, you know like, what? Instead of bram, 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 Tristram is bram, bram, bram. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Like, right. literally at, at 1 minute 44, it's got, like, that strum of the notes, which is what you just did. And I was like, wait. What? It's not that I think it's bad. I really don't. I think it's generic, which is what T- John Tucker said. I, I think he's right on with that. Matt Ullman has a sound. He does it really well. It's well produced. It fits the game. But I really, really think it just... I, if you told me I was playing Diablo 2, I played Diablo 2 for like 100 gajillion hours, like mathematical gajillion. Mm-hmm. And I still might not be able to tell you if that was Torchlight or Diablo. And that's that was sort of my complaint about Torchlight 2 in general, was that it was very samey and that you know that's what they were going for but solidly put together but which is why we need to have a whole episode about west good music in western rpgs we'll do it hint hint because i it is like an issue i think i mean a lot of times they use the they use sound differently than jrpgs which is fine good for change but a lot of the times since there are so many fantasy western rpgs all the music ends up being the same yeah it's it's really generic yeah, it's all Lord of the Rings or Jeremy's Soul. Yeah. So I think that's the consensus. Not a bad track, but... It's also hilariously morbid for something called Camp Dawn. <laughs> Anyways, that's our recent albums for today. Our topic, though, is a much brighter. I don't know I don't know how I went and picked three dark, morbid-sounding songs for an upbeat summer tunes podcast. <laughs> Contrast. That's what we did for those times in the summer when the temperatures are rising and if you're in South Carolina like I was for most of my life, the humidity is 9 million percent and you walk outside and it's like you're in a sauna and it's like you're outside like the guy from the power thirst thing. You're like, why have you forsaken me? And the sun is beating down and... It's like that You don't have air conditioning except in the bedroom. Yeah, it's like on Hey Arnold when everybody's going through the heat wave and they start going crazy. (laughs) It's already hot, and it's not even summer yet. It's so hot. You take the money. You mean I can't take off my sweater? It's hot! It's hot! So what do we do? What, what, what could we possibly do to stave off the advance of the summer heat wave, that relentless, ridiculous assault it of hotness like and un- un- unpleasantness? I just don't like it. And you know what I do when I'm overheated and having a bad day? What do you do, I senpai? gather my friends. I gather my friends Stephen, Kuhn, and Kyle Chan. And I say, boys, let's go to the beach. Derek Senpai, that's a great idea. Let's go. All right, we're at the beach. So anyways, topic is summer tunes, which we we kind of interpreted a little bit liberally because some of the tracks have the word summer in their name. Some of them just remind us of summer. And in some cases, we had kind of a different, different thought there where some of the tracks are sort of upbeat. Some of them are chill. Lots of different stuff like that. I think Kyle picked our first two tracks. What do you what did you pick for us? Well, we have a couple of town themes. I found that town themes are often um, reminiscent of summer for whatever reason. Absolutely. And the first is Town of Twilight, European town from Shadowheart's Covenant. One of my personal favorites. Also mine. And of course, I also have to choose a Mitsuda. He'll probably be one of my choices every time I come on this podcast. Uh, my Village is number one from Xenogears. No, my village is number one. No, my village is number one. All of our villages can be number one. Okay, but first, Town of Twilight, European Town, Shadowheart's Covenant.
Town of Twilight has that instrumentation that is going to keep popping up in a lot of the songs we're going to play today. It's that very summery, like, twangy string, like a some kind of a, not ukulele, but like, you know, a lighter guitar. And it makes you think of, like, a sunset. Uh, it's I think Town of Twilight is a little bit on the darker side. A lot of the tracks that we've picked are peppy, happy sunshine tracks. Not that that's a bad thing, but so I think that European sta- European town is an interesting contrast to those. So I'm glad that you brought that one in, and yep. it's also a good example of sh- uh, Shadowhearts having that really cool awesome uh, dynamic between dark and light, which pervades yep. all the games the in the series. Covenant soundtrack is so great. European town is definitely. I think that's like the. I think that's my favorite town theme for many Shadowhearts. Actually, it's just so it's chill. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because I was waiting for you guys to pick your tracks because I wanted you to see I wanted to see if you would pick anything I wanted so I'd have more free reign to pick other things. And Town of Twilight was literally the first track I went and got aside from a track that's coming later, which I won't spoil. But you guys have said pretty much whatever I'd say. It's it's very summary. And to move us on to the second track, Xenogears is not my favorite Mitsuda soundtrack. It's it's Chrono Cross. I've been vocal about that, and I know there's a lot of people who kind of think that Xenogears is the best. And I think part of the reason is because there's such even within kind of a singular style on Chrono Cross and Xenogears, there is such variety. And My Village is number one is just super memorable and super... Derek said earlier, it's upbeat. I just It really gets me kind of My Village yeah. is number one. And it's one of the first songs you hear when you start the game, so it has a longer amount of time to really get its way into your memory, especially yeah. considering what what happens early on in the game following, you know, you, you start off in this village, it's really happy, and then things take a dark turn, so... Yeah, like, instead of his village being number one, that becomes the population of the village. Oh! <laughs> Too soon. That's messed. Yeah, that is messed up. Depressing. <laughs> We're supposed to be happy. It's summer. It is summer. I just thought Those of it. Those are winter up. thoughts, Stephen. Sorry, I'll hold them off for now. Shut them away. All right, I'll shut them away, and I'm, in the meantime... We're going to listen to two more Mitsuda tracks that I picked. These are from, I believe it's a Korean MMO called Lime Odyssey, and there's been no official soundtrack release, but it's the, the game is called Lime Odyssey. It's done by Mitsuda, and it's awesome. Like, I haven't played the game at all, but the music is all crazy good. And I've even watched video of the game being like, this doesn't fit. This is like some goofy, cheap, knockoffy MMO. I'm sorry if you like Lime Odyssey. But uh, the two tracks I picked are West Tumbara Dark, which is one of the, I believe it's one of the town themes during the nighttime. And then Al Servana Light, which is a daytime theme for another town, I believe. So this is West Tumbar Dark and Al Servana Light from Lime Odyssey.
Yeah, so for West Tambara Dark, it's just I really like that tambourine. And then there's like this bongo-y drum thing in the background that reminds me of Corridors of Time. I, I, I don't think... It's almost unmistakably Mitsuda, I think. Oh, yeah, there's really very Mitsuda. I think West Tambara Dark, part of it sounds like Town of Twilight, actually. Which, it's it's interesting to me that we all kind of pick these tracks separately because they, they really do have similar vibes. So, you know, if you want to talk about how people, you know, interpret music and what, or whatever, get all academic, it's, it's interesting the sounds that we associate with summer, uh, at least from what I've listened to, because I've listened to these tracks all a little bit, they're all kind of similar, you know? And I don't know what about it is. I can't really say, oh, this is what makes it feel like summer to me. But I mean... You know, I'm sitting here drinking iced tea. I'm listening to this song. I feel like the sun is setting on the beach. The palm trees are chilling and coconuts are like cracking me on the head or something. <laughs> that doesn't sound very pleasant. Up, up to the coconut part. I'm like Sora, yeah. though. I'm, I'm a putz. I just, you know, I, you know, live in an island. Oh, yeah. That's your strength, though, that you're such a herpaderp that real that logic doesn't affect you. Hey, we can't we can't spoil Kingdom Hearts 3DS, Derek. And Kingdom Hearts 3DS, Sora is a herpeter. And that's his oh, special power. That's his special power. His that's special power is that he's an idiot. Anyway, about um, All Servana Light, the, there's food in there that reminds me a lot of the stuff that you can find in uh, uh, Gust Sound Team games, like Ken Nakagawa, Daisuke Achiwa, like that foodie atelier sound. That's actually what so, I was looking for to describe it. That's You're exactly right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like both of those tracks. Yeah, Mitsuda really- has never really failed to impress me so yeah i, I just wish that was a game we could play you know? yeah i was gonna say it's a shame <laughs> that we can't actually want to play experience <laughs> where these come from i'm not sure if it's translated it might actually be by you know some free to play it's free to play so i mean maybe it exists in some form but uh it, i i'm always sad to hear sad and happy because i think mmos should have great music because the kind of games you're supposed to play for 100 bajillion hours but i'm always really sad when like mitsuda Instead of doing Chrono Cross 2 or Chrono Trigger 3 or Xenoblade 2 or whatever they're calling it, X, he did Lime Odyssey. But I'm not one to be an elitist in where music shows up. If it's awesome, we've got to point it out. And the Lime Odyssey soundtrack universally is awesome. So if you haven't heard more of it, there's a great amount of it on YouTube to look for. And the game might even be playable. So We may also cover it at some point, but Mitsuda did music for the game Tsugunai Atonement. And the soundtrack, I believe... Uh, I don't know if it's Celtic. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like on Ausinuit or something. Um, that's an incredibly good soundtrack for a game that not a lot of people played. I'm not trying to be a hipster about it because I hadn't heard it until like a couple months ago. So that's another one to check out the Suganai Atonement soundtrack if you like Mitsuda. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people, if you're playing kind of not mainstream games, but if you're playing kind of games that aren't way off the beaten path, you may have, you know, Mitsuda seems may seemingly have dropped off the face of the earth to you. And he, he does do a lot more producing now than composing. But when he does pop up, it's still just it, – it makes me sad that he's not as prolific as – I mean, I love Shimamura, and she's crazy prolific now. I wish Mitsuda was as prolific as she is still, although from what I hear about his work habits, he kind of works himself to, to nothing on every project. So, you know, yeah. probably we don't want the guy to get sick. We just want to hear good stuff. Yes. All right, so the next block of tracks are three tracks that I've selected – the thing that they all have in common is that they're all from um, Falcom games, so all the music is produced by Sound Team JDK. Nihon Falcom! Nihon Falcom! So I've got a track from uh, Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, the first game. It's Seaport City of Ruan, followed by The Island Left Behind from Naito no Kiseki. That's uh, a game in the Kiseki series that's sort of tangentially related. It's not really related by plot. It's got like the same idea behind it. It's kind of hard to explain. It's a shame that we never got that game here. I own the import version of it, and it's relatively import-friendly. I haven't played a whole lot of it, but I really like the music and the aesthetics in that game. 
So we've got that. And then the third one is Quatera Woods from E6, The Ark of Nepishtim. You may have played that on the PlayStation 2 or the PSP. And if you played it on the PSP, I'm really sorry because that version sucked. But the music was good and it d- did not suffer. So I've got some summary stuff coming up with Seaport City of Ruan, The Island Left Behind, and Quatera Woods.
you'll notice that those songs get progressively more amped up. They start really, really chill, really laid back, and they get a little bit more excited as they go along. But all three are very summary for me. Seaport City of Ruan, we'll talk about first. Obviously, it's for a seaport. So it's a city that has ocean and such and seagulls flying about. I don't think that's the best track in the game or anything like that. But I liked it just because it fit the city really well. And I can remember running around it and being like, oh, there's there's the docks and stuff. So a lot of the times I associate I associate my summers with playing video games because, you know, as a kid, every summer was playing outside, riding bikes, all that stuff. And then when it was time to come inside, it, it was time to sit down with an RPG because that's what I like to do. So game, I know Trails in the Sky is a relatively recent game, but when I play games that have beachy areas, ports, oceans, that kind of stuff, they remind me of those summers when I would uh, come in and try to beat the heat by playing those games. So Seaport City of Ruan is a pretty cool track that has some of those qualities. Before I go on to the next one, do you guys have thoughts on it? I like the finger snaps and like the xylophony stuff. It made me feel like I was on a beach, like that kind of quintessential beach. Like that was a bad xylophone. But yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, it's I haven't I haven't played that game well for more than like two hours, but you know, it sounded beachy to me. Made me feel like I was chilling on the beach, as with the aforementioned iced tea and coconuts and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, another town theme. I think looking at our list here, there's a ton of town themes. I think be, just because like when you're in JRPGs, they want you to be like excited when you're walking around town, especially because you usually hear it a lot. Yeah, it's and it, they want you to be comfortable, you know. So the island left behind, uh, the second track from Naito no Kiseki. I really like that one. I think that it shows an interesting evolution um, in Sound Team JDK just from Trails in the Sky 1 to Naito no Kiseki, which came out several years after. They're both games for the PSP, but I think that The Island Left Behind kind of has a more sophisticated sound profile. Um, they're both yeah. beachy islandy songs, but I like The Island Left Behind a lot more. And I really like the visuals in Naito no Kiseki. There's lots of blues and greens like bright pastel colors and yeah, summary stuff. And the the island, the you start the game on, on an island and the first dungeon is like a, a lighthouse on the island. So the whole thing, everything, there's like water flooding the lighthouse and um, everything is just like super summary. And I, that's kind of the theme of the game, really. Um, like the main character, Naita, uh, is like an amateur astronomer. So he loves to look at the stars. And so one of the things that I love the most about the beach is the beach at night. And looking at the stars at night. So I really like the island left behind. It, it fits that game in that town so perfectly. See, I liked it. It, it had that accordion around 108 was really cool. It, it gave me like I just, I just kept thinking of Kokomo for some reason. I don't know why. But that I, I was just like having flashbacks of Muppet Treasure Island. Just mm-hmm. I don't know. And Muppets. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kermie. Mm, going to play Naruto no Kiseki. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. Well, Kermit stay... the Frog here, going to play uh, RPGs and uh, listen to music. Now, on the other hand, I did not really get a summary vibe from Quatera Woods, which is ironic because it's the... That was just... Nope. I, I, I like <clears throat> I like Quatera Woods. Right. I just... I don't really get a summary vibe from that one. I, I think it's it's more intense. and you, That one is not a town theme, so maybe I have more of a laid-back... The reason why summer, but. the reason why I picked Quatera Woods isn't because it it's like summary in the game necessarily, but when I played East uh, Six for the first time on the PS2, it was at a friend's house, and it was right around that time when I started having friends that had their own apartments. So it wasn't like, oh, you want to come over to my house and let me ask my mom. It was like, cool, I can go to my friends. And I remember we got the game and we went and uh, we played it, and I was disappointed at the time because East Six is short. A lot of the East games are short, but you can beat East Six in like six hours. So. 
we went to his house and we like marathoned it. And it was during the summer when I was out of school. So I really enjoyed that. And the, the Quatera woods, they're woods, but there's a beach attached to the woods because E6 takes place on an island. It's in like the vortex of Canaan. And in all the East games, Adol washes up on an island. It's just like a running gag. So he washes up on this beach and then he has to solve all of their problems and defeat the ancient evil just because that's what Adol does. He's a cool guy. He's got some so, serious survivability if he can wash up serious. on more than one beach. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, like, you have to figure at that point he's thwarted, you know, world annihilating evil five times. So. Hey, all men are subject to death. Okay. Is that a quote I'm not getting? No. Okay. It's just, you're just being profound. I mean, so, I, could, I could quote Bill and Ted and be like, you might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. You know. Whoa. I mean, I'm getting off topic. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. So that's so that's why I picked that one. I, I like the the synth and the chimes, the chill guitar melody. All of it for me is it reminds me of the summer days when I played that. Not necessarily. There is a beach in it, but like I said, not necessarily because it's summery in the game. Well, Kyle, uh, I believe you picked our next two tracks. What do we got? Well, we have. I guess it's not really a town theme. Maybe it, does this play during the town? Maybe it does. From Final Fantasy X, which I think is just a completely summery game. I mean, there's a snowy mountain area, but other than that, it's like. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Final Fantasy Island. Summer. Yeah, yeah I definitely cool. I definitely got a summer vibe from that whole game too. I mean, and this this track I think just encompasses all of that. And then I also chose Pollyanna, I believe in you from um, the Mother series. And this the particular one we're going to listen to is from the Mother One Plus Two OST because I, I it's just I think the superior version. It's, it's, it's like it's, candy. It's an arrangement, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just like candy and rainbows and ice cream and wonderful things. All good summer stuff. All right, so Besaid Island and Pollyanna, I believe in you. I believe in you, Polly. Anna. That one's Polly?
So that's um, musical candy, and I make ice cream. Bayside Island, I, I guess I forgot about that, because I always liked the music in 10, and just that, that part in the beginning when it's just that just kind of fades in, and it reminds me of playing the demo of Final Fantasy X, like when it first came out, and I was just, holy god, this is insane graphics, it's voice acting, and the, the, the rock song, and the, the, the bubble of water, and all I remember is Zidane, or not Zidane, Titus' <laughs> Titus's ridiculously bouncy walk, just yeah. walking through that waterfall area of Bayside, and that song... It like came right back to me. It was like, oh man, that, that is so super good. Sick. Yeah, and it 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 really is. It's like Final Fantasy Summer Edition because the vast majority of that game really had that kind of the season of summer kind of thing going on. I just love it, and like the little frog kind of sound that's yeah. in it. I love it. I love it as well. It's very different from I think a lot of what had come before in earlier Final Fantasies, particularly seven, eight, and nine, because. For the longest time, A, you had only Uematsu working on it. Ten, you had Masashi Hamauzu as well. And you had the PlayStation sound hardware. And when they got to PS2, it was significantly different. So I think that really lent a lot to the experience and why that game had such a really strong presence. Because no more they tied by the PS1 ship. And they kind of... it it I think 789 all had different sounds too. But 10 had sort of a... I can't even articulate it, but... It that was def- kind of a new age thing. Yeah, like it felt like crazy and different part of part of it was the actual sound hardware and part of it was the the theme you know thematically it was different than the last couple of games too so yes yeah, united and, and made that feel special and i haven't actually played anything other than the final boss fight of earthbound but bizarre i don't even understand well my yeah, friend that's... my friend says to me when we were kids we were in like middle school and he goes hey you're good at games right and at the time i was like yeah awesome and so he uh he goes, will you help me beat the last dungeon in Earthbound? I said, yeah, no problem. So he brings over his Super Nintendo, and here I am playing Earthbound. I've never played it. I'm like, why is there a character named Pooh? And we're, we're playing. <laughs> I'm in this final dungeon <laughs> as these freaking robots, and I'm, I'm, I'm fighting Gigas or Gigas, and I'm like, this is horrifying. What kind of game is this? Why why are you hitting awesome. him with a baseball? It. Like, it... Earthbound's about to play. I've played all three. They're all great. Yeah, I need to get back music on is the three. So, music is really central to the experience. I mean, even like the themes of the game. I mean, the first one, you you defeat the light spoiler. You defeat the final boss by singing to it. In not the, unlike Mother Two, yeah, or Chrono Cross. And then in Final, in the, not Final, in I know in Mother Three, there's actually like a rhythm component in the battles, isn't there? Where you're actually like, yeah, isn't it not? Don't they like not present it to you on purpose? Because I've played probably like. Oh, no. Five or six hours of Mother 3, and it was a while ago, so I need to go back to it. I don't remember it. that. But you don't remember the rhythm, or you don't remember... I don't remember there being a rhythm. Like yeah, because you can, like, like if you if you time your button presses, you do, like, little musical notes come up, and you can keep hitting over and over and over. So it's like Mario. Yeah, well, Almost, that's, that's yeah, exactly what the vibe I got. I think it works a little differently, because you have to be in time with the music. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's huh. so definitely that it's a series that Maybe has... It, a, well, I, I, think it's, I, I think it's totally optional. So, I mean, it's kind of like uh, Paper Mario 2... You go through the whole game without realizing that you can do the little... If you press the A button instead of the B button, you'll do, like, backflips and stuff just to show off and get extra star power. I mean, that's like, you know, the game never, like, says... Oh, it mentions yeah. it, but it never shows you how. But yeah, that, I like that song a lot. I don't have a lot of experience with Earthbound music or Mother music other than the terrifying musical nonsense that is the final boss in Earthbound. And I don't even want to think about it because I'll have nightmares. But, it's just so colorful and, I don't know... Just it's it's ridiculous. I mean, well, Earth, or for me, Earthbound is the game that's always going to remind me of my childhood, and especially because it had that 
sort of spoof of American culture. So when you're going through one et and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the arcade. You're like, wait, I do that in real life. I'm going to scavenge the trash can for a hamburger. I do that in real life. Wait, you do? no, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. But so so again, for me, it's like childhood equals summer happy times. So our next two tracks are two that I picked. The first one is from Wild Arms 3, which is Michiru Naruke, and it's Long Days of Rest. Every single track on the Wild Arms 3 soundtrack is awesome. I almost picked Wild Arms 3. Yeah, I mean, I was really feeling it. It was it was hard for me to pick because there was also uh, Only the Night Sky Knows, the whistle version, kind of had a summery thing for me too. But I think this really gets the kind of setting of the sun, you know, August days where it's so hot and it's, oh, it's so hot. Hot. And you know, you know how the end of the summer goes, where it's just your everything's lethargic. You don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just you're like, okay, but it's not like a bad thing. It's just, well, it's tiring. Can we get to fall? So yeah, long days of rest, even an appropriate title. And then the second track is from Valkyria Chronicles Two, which is by Hitoshi Sakimoto, and this is Summer and Land Seal, which was actually arranged by our previous guest Casey Orman. But this is the original version, not the piano arrangement. So we have Long Days of Rest from Wild Arms Three and Summer and Land Seal from Valkyria Chronicles Two. Thank you. 
Yeah, so with Long Days of Rest, first of all, I really like that like rattle or maraca sound in the background. It's very subtle, but it's just I listen to it and I get the feeling. I just I remember even a town that it played in running around his jet because if you didn't run around his jet, you were doing it wrong. And just like dusty winds blowing, you're like this summer town in a world, and it's like in a dying world and just wind blowing and it it really has that kind of end of summer people are tired vibe to it but it's it's yeah. but like sort of like an uneasy piece and wild arms is a different kind of summer wild arms isn't the the music from wild arms isn't that typical summer that we've been talking about with the beaches and and clear blue skies oceans that kind of stuff the the landscape of fagai is really desolate actually for the most part so it's a different kind of like the sun setting, but it's that that dry, almost oppressive heat. So it still evokes summer, but it's in a different way. And so I'm glad that you presented that. It's totally gorgeous, and it makes me really want to play that game again. But it is definitely a different kind of vibe. It's like the vultures overhead, kind of almost like the Fallout track. <laughs> I agree. It's 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 a different. It's not like the upbeat. You know, let's let's go out and relax. Summer. It's sort of like this world knows it's getting re- like because the world in, in Wild Arms three the world is dying. That's kind of a running theme in all of the Wild Arms is that for some reason you know the, the the world is just dying. That's why it's all it's desertifying and there's no water and or there's very little water and there's no ocean. There's just a sand ocean. So you, you have this. It's the summer with the knowledge that fall and then winter and the end of the world is coming. So it's 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 melancholic and I really really like it. Conversely, we jump over to some Sakimoto, which is quintessential Sakimoto. You get the claps, you got the twinkling chimes, that very, like, the, the what I can say most about it, because I've played Valkyria Chronicles 2, only in Japanese, and it was at a time when I didn't really understand it that well, so it was, I, I wasn't really getting much of the story, but that song always reminds me just, it, it's called Summer in Lanseal, so that's initially why I jumped to it, but it's it's a little bit samey in terms of Sakimoto, but I don't know, something about it just really kind of just jives with me. So the, yeah, I would say it's a little, it's not the most standout one we've heard today, but it's decent, solid. You brought me like back to the last episode. It's very Evilisi. It's Evilisi, exactly. It's an evil Evilisi comparison to make. <laughs> yes, but we're moving oh out of God. <laughs> <laughs> so a very special person who could not be here today is Mike Salvato, our graphics guru and resident Secret of Mana lover, and he made a couple of recommendations for us to listen to. Uh, first of all, I know how much he loves Secret of Mana, so I picked out. The Color of the Summer Sky from Secret of Mana because it's appropriate to the topic, it's an awesome track, and it would be nice to do it in his honor. And that's by uh, Hiroki Kakuda. And then we have two tracks from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles The Crystal Bearers, which are both by Ryo Yamazaki. We have Costa Fajuita and Surf and Lail, which I know nothing about that game other than that the music is really good. So let's go ahead and take a listen to The Color of Summer Sky, Costa Fajuita, and Surf and Lail.
So, first of all, I have not played... I've played it, but barely, Secret of Mana. I've beaten Sekin and Setsu 2, and I, th- I think that one's way better. But that's- Steven! Played it in co-op with a friend. Dude, the second one is better, let's be honest. It, it- this and Earthbound. Jeez. Oh my god, that's two in one episode. <laughs> you're admitting things that you should not admit. Next right, you're well, going to tell me you've barely played Xenoblade. Actually, I have like 30 hours on Xenoblade, I just haven't made oh. it anywhere. Because I like, right. lost. Okay. Intentionally, but anyways, the color of the summer sky. It's I'm I'm very familiar with the Secret of Mana music because I love Hiroki Kikuda, and it's just all of the music in that I think is really fantastic, and I love that Super Nintendo sound. But this one, it just it really has like, you know, it's it's like the polar opposite of the Wild Arms three track we played. It's like the happy, peppy, chilling in the forest with rabbits kind of thing going on. Yeah, almost spring, but like yeah. really early. Yeah, the game starts with you on that. That log up by the waterfall. Isn't this song playing? Uh, maybe. Up by the waterfall log? But waterfalls, again, more more aquatic imagery for me is what reminds me. And, and what that's what ties it into summer for me. Like, you fall down the waterfall, and then you're in the pondy areas where you find the Sword of Mana. Spoiler, yeah. it's a Sword of Mana. Convenient place to find it, I guess. So that one's really great. And then the two that Mike picked from Crystal Chronicles are both really cool. Uh, the Coast yeah, of Fosrita one is has like these twinkling chimes and it's it's just it sounds like you're chilling it on the beach you know like you got that steel drum in there derek was yeah saying. i'm surprised yeah, it took this long rocks. for us to get steel drums in a summer song yeah it's just i you know that really, really sounds like it. yeah like you, like if you're in jamaica or something like you're just totally chilling on the beach which i mean we've said that about a lot of tracks but that was the point and having not played that game it was really cool to hear the soundtrack, especially these two, because they have that real summery. Surf and Lail actually reminded me of Soma Bringer a lot. I don't know why, just something about it made gave me like a, a Mitsuda vibe. I like all of them. Surf and Lail surprised wanna... me. It didn't sound like I expected it to. Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. I want to hear the rest of that soundtrack, actually, from Crystal Chronicles. Like, it, it's really interesting. It's uh, the, the other Crystal Chronicles, it was uh, Kumi Tanioka, I think, did mm-hmm. the other ones, and they're all... Really, 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 really good. Like the games themselves, I I enjoyed the first Crystal Chronicles because I played it with my little brother. So we, you know, we spent an entire summer, ironically, summer playing it. And you know, the music in them is great. And I guess just because I had no interest in this game, I I kind of overlooked the music. But listening through the soundtrack, I was like, wow, this is crazy good. And it's on iTunes. But it's yeah, it's definitely worth listening to the whole thing. But these in particular, it's it's a very eclectic soundtrack, as Mike said to us. And I'm glad he pointed these out because they fit the theme really well. Yeah, I agree. It's a the game itself is kind of odd. It honestly felt more like a tech demo to me than an actual game, but it's got really good art direction and good sound direction. So if you can handle it not being much of a game, I would say check it out because there's a lot of good music to hear. Or you could just listen to the soundtrack, but you know. Our uh, final block of tracks from me today is, unsurprisingly, I've selected a couple tracks from Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh my god, are you shocked? I'm um, not. I selected, I'm pleased. Yeah, I know. 
I've selected Hometown and Hometown Night. These are the songs that play in the very first area, Colony 9, I believe. The first town, so obviously there's a day and night version, which I love. I love that they did that. Um, the day version is composed by Yoko Shimomura, and the night version is by Ace Plus. Followed by that, we have another song that has Hometown in the name, but this time it's Hometown Domina from Legend of Mana. Another game that reminds me of Summer because of the green, super grassy, pastoral color palette, and the music is also appropriately nature-y so hometown. i don't want to steal your thunder there what? but hometown domina is for one of the best soundtracks ever composed and that's not my opinion that's a fact it's a really good one so hometown hometown night and hometown domina don't mix them up
Xenoblade Chronicles has such an incredible soundtrack, and I know I'm completely biased because I freaking love that game, but I love all well, of the Well, I have to say it's probably one of the best things about the game. I mean, okay. I'm... Uh, you can say that. That's fine. I'll, I'll let you say I didn't... that. No, I think you guys you guys have different opinions on the game, and definitely, I, I personally, I think Xenoblade Chronicles did a lot of things right in sort of advancing the JRPG. I haven't finished it yet, so I don't, I don't have more detailed comments, and that's really not what we talk about on the music show, but... The soundtrack really is, I agree with Kyle, it's one of the best parts about the game, which... And I think that's one of the reasons that people like it so much. I think it contributes to the overall, like, this is a classic, epic JRPG, like the ones that have come before, but it's also different, you know, in yeah. far, as far as the mechanics and the gameplay goes. Right. But the soundtrack kind of grounds it in the... It's a very classic-sounding soundtrack that I think kind of grounds it in the past and makes it relatable while the gameplay is making it... New. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a that. good way to explain it. And again, having Shin Mamura do that is great, but the, the tracks by Ace Plus are awesome. And more to the point, Hometown and Hometown Night, one of the really cool things Xenoblade did is it had, you know, a lot of games do this now, but it had day and night versions of every track. And mm-hmm. some of them were composed by the same composer, Shimamura do day and night. But in this case, it's really interesting because you have Ace Plus that did the night track and Shimamura that did the daytime track. And so you're getting kind of these two different sets of musicians, their, their take on this theme. And I really like that. It, it, it's I'm not really relating this to summer very much, but it's it's something that Xenoblade succeeded in a lot. And you know, yeah, I love it. I love it when they do that. I love games that have separate themes for day and night, or like separate cool. battle themes for areas or whatever it may be. So that was one reason why I like that so much. And then the the thing that relates it to summer for me is I wanted this game so badly that I was like voraciously consuming any media related to it before it came out. And I was breaking my rule, what that I talked about last episode. You're about how break I break your one rule, right? How I generally try to, I I try to have like the quote unquote virgin experience a lot of the time with music, at least for games. But this <laughs> game, I was just like, whatever I can find, I want it. So I found like the soundtrack and everything, and I I imported it from um, Europe because I wanted it so bad, and it wasn't confirmed for the U.S. yet. And I spent the whole summer just having a blast with this game so and that i mean that's like my most recent summer that well i guess that was the year before last but yeah, so this, is, this isn't now. this isn't childhood summer anymore this is like adult me summer so all these games are are things that i enjoyed during those you know during the time of my life when i had more time in the summer so yeah i just for me i remember the uh, the first time i heard the soundtrack i was driving to massachusetts with my best friend we were just on a trip i had a palm pre at the time which Rest in peace, Pomp. But the, the phone just didn't have the support it needed. And so we're in the car on the highway, and I saw that the sampler album for Xenoblade with, like, nine tracks came out. And I flipped out. I was like, oh, my God, this is the album that has Mitsuda and Shimamura and a bunch of other people I don't know. And Mitsuda only helped with, like, one track, if at all. I can't even remember anymore. And uh, But the first track I heard was the battle theme. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so good. Like, I freaked out. And I'm listening to it. Like, I'm downloading it as I, like, on my phone – with 3G, you know, so it's like this 9 megabyte song and that I'm downloading at like 20 KB a second. Yeah. And I'm hearing it through this awful speaker. The Xenoblade soundtrack is just, it's just really, really awesome. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that we can agree on that. And I totally respect that Xenoblade wasn't the amazing experience for you that it was for me, Kyle. But the, the soundtrack is really freaking good. So I'm glad that we could present that. And then another soundtrack that I think is unequivocally amazing, if you don't think so, you're wrong... That's is, actually what I was about to say. Yeah, Legend of Mana's soundtrack is so good. Hometown Domina is... It's the first town that you get into. It's not like your 
home base, it's when you get there, it's like the world feels so alive. The the characters in the town are so vibrant and the designs are so interesting. And the entire game has a, like I said, has a very summery feel to me just because it's all about nature and I associate summer with nature just because, you know, the trees the trees are growing, the flowers are in bloom, all that kind of stuff. That game has sort of like a, a polarizing reputation, I think. Some people were like, oh, it's not like Secret of Mana. It doesn't have like an overarching story. And I one thing I really liked about that game, and to this day, I, I don't think Square Enix makes this kind of game anymore. That game is an unpretentious collection of short stories that... Just every part of that game is artistry, if you ask me. Like, the the, the writing is good. There's just... The, the art is all this hand-painted stuff. And I think it's... I don't want to make too bold a statement, but it is without a doubt one of Shimomura's best soundtracks, and I think one of the best soundtracks ever written. Just there's so much heart in that music, and Hometown Domino really captures that. I My favorite track isn't that. It's that city of flittering, flickering destruction. But I digress. It's... And then there's also the the album Dramatica that has the uh, best of Yoko Shimomura stuff, and that track is on there, and it's really good there again. Yeah, that's we're like, going to play that on the show at some point. It's my favorite arranged album ever. I guess I need to listen to the Legend of Mana soundtrack. It is good. I, I really like the, uh, what is it called? Something Colored Earth. Do you know which one I'm talking about, Stephen? It's, it's the one that plays in the jungle. Yeah, Colored Earth. Uh, is it just Colored Earth? That exactly. One? That one's yeah. so good, too, but it's not quite summary it's just a really good track so yeah so if 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 you want to listen to tracks that aren't summary but are amazing go listen to legend of mana and then listen to dramatica because dramatica is why i didn't like the xenogears myth album because shimamura comes out with square enix and they release this awesome album of shimamura arranging her own music and then mitsuda's like i'm gonna do an arrangement on my own music too and then it's all like well it's an orchestral xenogears album and i was like that was my balloon sound just I used that in the last episode with Kyle, too. But yeah. You know, Shimomura stuff is always good, but hopefully you, you can feel the summer in those choices. Steven, why don't you bring us our final block of summer tunes for the day? Absolutely. I picked our final block, and I saved the best for last. That was the sound of me cracking my back poorly into the microphone. So the first track is from Chrono Cross. It's another Arnie Village. <laughs> if you don't like this track. What do you even track, say? Yeah, what so do you even good. say? If you don't like this track, you're wrong. Then I have Kingdom Hearts 2, Yoko Shimomura, Lazy Afternoons, which is the Twilight Town theme, which was first heard in Chain of Memories. And I remember first hearing it in there, like on this GBA sound, being like, oh my gosh, this is so different from other Kingdom Hearts. And then the last track is from a very well-beloved title, Suikoden 2 by Miki Higashino, and this is Carried on Rippling Waves. So we have Another Arnie Village, Lazy Afternoons, and Carried on Rippling Waves.
summer vacation's over. Man, Roxas, way to bring it all down. Well, it's that's the weekend in two one, man. I know. Every time I hear speaking in two's music, I'm just like. <laughs> I'm about to hit my third strike and reveal that not only have I never played Sweet in Two, well, for like ten minutes, I've only played Sweet in Five, which I really liked. But <laughs> I, I was telling Derek and Kyle while we were listening that a lot of times, if there's a game I'm kind of resistant to playing, I will be convinced by the music. Like I, I wasn't really interested in playing Dust and Elysian Tale, and then I heard the soundtrack, and I was like, I need to buy this, and then I bought it, and I ended up loving it, and I'm going to buy it again on PC because of how good the music is. And then I bought the soundtrack. The same story with Sweet in Two. I literally, I have not played that game at all beyond the, the intro and. And for me to feel as moved by some of that music as I am is just a huge testament to the quality of that music. P- people yeah. people sing the praises of that song, of that, that soundtrack, and I think it is 100% warranted. It's definitely one of the most emotional games I've ever played. It's got... It's got such a deep, complex story that really makes you feel for the characters and the situations they go through. And I know that we all love RPGs. That's why we're here. But I, I know Sweet Into Two. Yeah, of course you don't. I know Sweet Into Two is is definitely very beloved, and it and it, it gets the love it deserves. It's not quite as popular as I feel like it should be for how good it is. But the soundtracks are, especially for two, is just phenomenal. Yeah, and then working backwards, Lazy Afternoons in Kingdom Hearts 2 is not one of my favorite tracks in the game. It, I really was interested in it when I heard it in Chain of Memories originally, because you go to, you know, at the very end of Chain of Memories, you pop up in Twilight Town. I like the battle theme better, but Lazy Afternoons definitely fits the, the vibe I was going for with this last block of songs, which is at the end of summer, and it, it just, it really does, it feels like a lazy song, so I think thematically it fits well. Those are, those are pretty summery games too, actually. Yeah, they do kind of have that vibe. I mean, you start on a beach. Yeah, very, one of them, very colorful and. No, I, I think I, I, I maybe I played the first one during the summer. That's probably why. We, well, yeah, well, you start in a, you start on Destiny Island, a beach, in the first one, and then the second one is uh, Twilight Town. So it's like the sun is perpetually setting. So sunset, summer. Does anybody else feel that the battle theme on Destiny Island sounds like the star theme for Mario? Dun 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 dun. No, maybe go I'd listen to, to it. I'd have to hear it again. I'm sorry. Yeah, go yeah, listen. Go listen to it, listeners and Derek and Kyle. You guys will hear the similarity so the last track i i, I sung a lot of praise for sweet in two's soundtrack but i played chrono cross i played it a lot i filled two memory cards with save files from chrono cross and maxed out the star meter through like a hundred billion playthroughs i disagree with everybody that says it's not an incredible game i respect that you wanted another chrono trigger whatever i think chrono cross is one of the best games ever made and barring that i think the chrono cross soundtrack again to this day is the best album ever written i don't i bravely default is awesome and I even wrote in my review that it, it, it sort of touched the crown, but with the benefit of hindsight, maybe after I play Bravely Default, I'll feel differently. But another Arnie Village, literally, I can hear the first two notes, and I'm like, I'm going to cry. This is just so beautiful. It's gorgeous. And that, that game absolutely encapsulates summer. Like, if you think Final Fantasy X oh, yeah. is the summer Final Fantasy, Chrono Cross is the summer RPG. The, it's, it's all in the environments. Like, the environments and the music mm-hmm. mesh together so perfectly. And the I mean, you're on, yeah, you're like you're on a pier in Arnie Village, and the kids are swimming around, and like they use tricks to make that look so expansive and so deep. And there's that, and then like that first area you go to 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 get the scales, it's just all coral. It's so gorgeous. It's like you're you're underwater but on land. They they took that and they and they moved it and they used music to enhance that. Just it's summer of the RPG. I I really can't describe <laughs> it any other way. The, the and the song fits really well. I mean, you could you could pick half the tracks from Chrono Cross and they'd fit. Oh but, yeah. Uh, it was this was the first one I thought of when Derek suggested this topic to me. He goes, Summer, and I went, like, Arnie Village or another Arnie Village. And he was like, exactly. Like, OK, we're on the same page here. So, again, I, I really, really enjoyed all three of those tracks. And th- this is sort of the thing I think we want to continue to do. We want to do like a winter episode and stuff like that, like, you know, theme stuff. But I think 
by necessity, because I, I personally haven't played as many of these games, maybe my commentary wasn't as robust as it was like in the Fantasy Star episode, but there's something I really like about identifying music by the emotion it makes you feel and talking about it that way. And I think that's why I really enjoyed the kind of the, the music we listened to today, because it was interesting to see what we could do in terms of eliciting an emotional response just by music. Uh, I think that I think that's maybe I mean, I wouldn't say the only, I would I almost would dare say the only way to really talk about music because music is so subjective that Absolutely. to argue this music is good, this music sucks is almost it's just stupid. I mean, no, so I, to this is the way to talk about music. I I think for you me, know? since I've started doing the RPG fan music stuff, I my, my tastes, first of all, have kind of broadened because I realized I was like, I can't just say this sucks. I don't want to listen to it. It's my job to, you know, listen to it and be objective. And it's it's difficult to be objective with music. But as a result, I've heard stuff that I would have never heard that is just amazing, just like the Dust soundtrack. I wouldn't have heard that unless I someone had said to me, hey, you should listen to this. And normally, you know, younger me would have been like, well, whatever. It's not a game that I'm interested in. I don't care. And as a result, right. now it's one of my favorite albums. And I think it's really important that you know, even now when I'm, I, I, I hasn't, I always hesitate to say this song sucks. I, 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 it's difficult for me to say that because I think it's sort of disingenuous because there's always going to be someone out there that likes that song, except for the Resident Evil director's cut soundtrack. That's just. Nemesis <laughs> 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 on the trumpet solo that says that they like it now. Oh, I like it now. I think it's hilarious. It's a really good song. Song. It's a really good song to take shots to. Eric's in his cups again. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I must make water. But yeah, so we hope you guys really enjoyed this topic. We we had a ton of fun picking these tracks. It was it was it was nice to kind of pick the, thematically. It was it was different than saying, oh, let's talk about this series, or oh, let's talk about you know games in this world, or let's talk about world map themes. You know, we we talked. We essentially talked about town themes, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was a it was a more fun way of of doing town themes with, you know, some exceptions. But anyways, that's all for the music for today except for our surprise track at the end. But first, I believe Derek has a little bit of upcoming release news for us. I do. These are all just uh, albums that are coming out, so there's not like any crazy huge announcements to go with any of these, but First up, um, we've got stuff coming out in June. The Disgaea D2 Arranged soundtrack comes out June 12th. We still haven't gotten the game here in North America, but that is going to be coming out later this year. So if you liked the music in that, if you've already heard it, then you have an Arranged soundtrack to look forward to coming out pretty soon. Following that, the World That Ends With You crossover tribute album is coming out on the 19th. We've mentioned that several times on the podcast. It's that recording of the uh, uh, live concert that happened. It's cool. In, yeah, it's cool. And the world ends with you has awesome music, so that's something to look forward to. There's a a few Atelier Esha and Logie albums coming out. Oh, that's I hate the that title. Well, it's just a title. Get over it. <laughs> I don't know why it bothers me. So it's much. not as bad as Infinite Undiscovery. No, okay? Infinite Undiscovery is catchy. Atelier Esha and Logie. That's gonna come out and be in a box, and someone's gonna be like, oh, what? no, they'll they'll probably rename it. Well, then again, but Suikoden came out, and it's just Suikoden. Yeah, but that's so. that's based on a Chinese classic. That that's like yeah. a real word. Yeah, whatever. I'm just being picky. I know, I know. Maybe they'll they'll probably like rename it, like name it a Dual Alchemist or something crappy like or that. Or anyway, Atelier Incredible Hulk Edition or something. Yeah, of course. Atelier Avengers: The Return of <laughs> Tony Stark and Aisha Frugal or whatever her last name is. Aisha Logie. Anyway, uh, Atelier Eshan Logie Alchemist of Dusk Sky original soundtrack comes out on June 26th. On that same day, the Twilight Sky Atelier Eshan Logie Alchemist of Dusk Sky vocal album releases. And just a couple days after that, I'm sorry, one day after that, 
the Atelier Eshan Logi. I keep saying Atelier Atelier, whatever. Uh, Eshan Logi, Alchemist of Dusk Sky, Maxi single CD comes out on the 27th. I actually really want to hear those because um, I like the music in Aisha. I thought that it was a, a good departure from the older Atelier games. It has a little bit more of a mature feel. It has goofy stuff too, but... Yeah, I, I actually... Uh, Pat reviewed... Um, Pat Gann reviewed that Atelier... What was the other one? That just... uh, Aisha? Maybe it was that. Yeah, it was that one. And I really like the music in that. So I look forward to hearing these too. Yeah, and I hope we get the games. I'm pretty sure we will at this point. Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll release it and not tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> well, they did do that. But thankfully, Totori had already come out in some form. I, I'm not going to forgive him. I'm not going to, like, excuse that. But anywho, going back a day, just because I wanted to present the last, last three albums together, the Distant Worlds music from Final Fantasy, The Celebration album releases. And is that is that a Blu-ray? Does that come with a Blu-ray as well? Uh, I think it's just a Blu-ray, actually. Just the Blu-ray? Um, okay. It's, it's, I don't remember which actual date it's from, but it's, it's an updated recording of the Distant Worlds yeah. from... 2012 yeah those actually might even be 2013 and sorry i don't have the right details pretty awesome that's all right we've we've, i've just got a rough calendar here so it's it's exciting to hear that um the final fantasy orchestra album that came out earlier this year was really ace so yeah someday i'll review that yeah well it's pretty massive so it's daunting i don't blame you three more the shinsekai juno make you soundtrack rough sketch version and live recording version comes out june 27th sekai juno make you is the etrian odyssey series so there's another one of those albums coming out on the 27th of June. Then on the 28th of June, the Falcom Music Chronicle Special Arranged CD comes out. I know I'm going to want that as a big Falcom fan. Nihon Falcom! Nihon Falcom! Arranged CD! Finally, Shadowrun Returns has an official soundtrack release coming in June, but there's no specific day for that, at least as of right now. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know if the game has a, a specific date. It might by now, but I think it just comes out on the same day as the game. Yep, so that'll wrap her up for upcoming albums. Yes, there's lots of music coming out this month that we will hopefully cover. So, with... Oh, I was going to say without further ado. Without further aplomb. That doesn't make sense either. Whatever. So, that's the end of the show. Again, as always, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our little bit different topic today. As always, feel free to send us suggestions, ideas for topics, songs you want to hear. You can get us on Twitter. You can get us via email. You can get us on the RPG Fan Forums in our dead thread. Yeah, come on, guys. Come in and talk. Get in there. Get in there. Just, just say something. Get in there and say, like... Prove that you listen to this episode. Be like, yeah, come in and be uh, like, Chrono Cross is actually the worst soundtrack ever made, and then I'll use ahead. my powers to ban you. Okay, I'm gonna give you a code word. If you if you come in that thread and you say mint chocolate chip ice cream is the bee's knees, then I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. What if I do that? Well, you don't count. You're but not. I really, real I really believe that though. Yeah, I believe it too. That's why I said it. But but anyways, really, really we we'd love to get your your comments and your discussion up in that thread. So and there, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you see us posting about it, you know, feel free to reach out to us, talk to us. We love to talk to you guys because we're just regular dudes like you. So except with power, no, except with and power. And also, don't forget, please do rate us on iTunes and write reviews. The more times people click on our iTunes listing and post reviews and ratings. Even if it's, you know, even if it's only four stars, don't post one stars. We don't want that. It, it makes it pop up in the iTunes charts, which makes more people able to see it, which is really the goal here is, I don't, you know, I don't really care if you hate the show. Shut up. But it's it just that more people get to listen and enjoy it is kind of the goal. So, you know, don't forget to go in and do that. Anyways, as always is tradition, we're going to have our guest pick a track. Kyle, what are we doing for our closing track today? Well, it's kind of cliche, I guess, to say that the soundtrack is really amazing but i really think it deserves all the praise it gets and this track in particular just symbolizes to me just running running free in the summer in the wilds and it is hills of radiant winds from near yes excellent love this track yeah great choice kyle so anyways 
We're closing out with Hails of Radiant Winds from Neo. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.